no performance Lord, I praise worship Empty words I can't afford Chasing feelings That's not why I'm singing And I have second but what we're going to do is uh, just sing I only want to sing and I want this to be a a response from our heart Um, yeah come on we're here to engage we're here to praise but I want this to be a response from here I only want to sing so 
We're just going to get the keys to play and I'm just going to sing it. But come on, as we sing, let's sing from here. I only want to sing. I only want to sing to my King. we are into your presence and you're a good God who loves us just as we are so in response we sing Lord our response is to sing to worship to praise you right now hearts I pray would be open Holy Spirit would you have freedom to do what you want to do tonight I pray that any baggage any things that we're carrying right now would hand it straight over to you Jesus would hand it right over to you and we wouldn't be holding things that we shouldn't be. So right now, anything that we're carrying, God, we lay at your feet. We let go and say, speak to us. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do in my life tonight. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's good to see you. Why don't you grab a seat for a moment? Very cool. Thanks, team. You guys are awesome. Very cool. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so good to see you. If this is your first time here at Activate, you've been a couple times, a massive welcome to you. It's great to have you here tonight. If you come to Activate regularly, it's great to have you here as well. If you're part of the family, Mula, you're part of the family. It's good to have you here, mate. You make a difference. Um, he does make a difference, doesn't he? This is a just important. If you have a Toyota Vitz, uh, number plate FAJ491 and it's silver, please go check it out in the car park. It looks like it may have been broken into. So if that's your car, number plate FAJ491, please go check it out um, and see if there's any stuff not there that should be. Cool? Whoever's car that is. All good. Hey, well, have we had any birthdays or 
anniversaries or anything worth celebrating happen this week? Owen. Oh. Look at this fella. 29? 26? 27. 27. He's a granddad at 27. It's incredible. Anyone else had a, had a birthday anniversary? Martin. What do you have? Huh? How old are you? 15. 15. Martin turned 15. That's incredible. And Helen? Is it your birthday? Oh, how old are you? 19? 22. 20, 20, 20. 20 something. Hey church, why don't we stand? We're going to pray blessing over these guys. It's something we do as a family each week. Cool. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give them a hand. Happy birthday, guys. It's good to have a birthday. I don't particularly like it because I don't. I like the presents. I don't like the attention. Hey, Jared, let, let's grab you up. Jared's going to share for a moment about Business Plus coming up. This is a great guy, eh? Look at him. Look at him. Come on, let's give him a hand as he comes. Yeah, Jared. Hi, Braze. Um, yeah, so. We've got uh, Mark Powell coming to speak with us uh, Thursday night this week, 7.30. Um, so Mark Powell, he was the CEO of the Warehouse Group, so that's Noel Eaming, Warehouse, Torpedo 7, Warehouse Stationery, that kind of thing. Um, so he's going to be here, and it's to kickstart uh, Business Plus, which is for, um, it's for those that are in commerce and business, uh, or in management, and um, it's, it's really... Uh, <coughs> For those that want to upskill in that area or, or get support around that area, so business owners, that kind of thing. Um, so if you're a young adult um, and you're kind of in that area or looking to, um, yeah, get into business or creating, starting your own business, then um, myself and uh, we'll, I'll, I'll be setting up a group um, coming up. So get your eyes out for that one and uh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's an incredible opportunity, so if you're keen on business, get along to it, eh? It's coming up this Thursday, 7.30pm. Make sure there. Leanne is going to share for us with, for a moment uh, about Hagar. Yeah. Hello, everyone. You may have heard me talk about it last week, but just in case, um, we've got an event coming up tomorrow night, and it's a fundraiser for Hagar New Zealand, and it's... Um, it's called Nefarious Merchant of Souls. It's a documentary and it's at the Lido Cinema at 7.30 so on Monday night. So if you want to purchase some tickets, I have some available out here today. So come and see me afterwards. There, are, there is FPOS option available if you don't have cash. Um, otherwise, if you'd like to go on Eventbrite, um, you can purchase them on there as well. We are selling quite a few so they're going quite fast so if you want to secure a ticket you may want to get in before tomorrow night but we do also have door sales if you wanted to just turn up tomorrow night so um, if you're wondering what it's about I'm here to let you know Nefarious when I actually google it it actually comes up as a computer game so no it is not a computer game 
but um, it is about sex trafficking. It's about the global sex trade, and it covers, um, starts in Europe, goes all the way to Asia, America, where it's happening all over the world, pretty much, um, and just gives a really good overview explanation of, of what it is and gives different um, people, there's people who are in the trade, there are people who have been rescued out of the trade that share their stories, but there's also people trying to change um, the situation because it's a very big problem in this world today. Um, what is it? It's a form of slavery. Um, it is a $99 billion industry. It's only just behind the drug trade. So unfortunately, it's, yeah, it's not good. But Hagar is making a difference. Hagar is working in government, trying to make change so that less of it is happening. Um, I know people, uh, I know this is an election year, but Hillary Clinton is doing a lot to try and help the situation too, which is awesome. But you'll learn a bit more about that in the, in the documentary and what people are trying to do to change. But it's also got um, it just just got a very good message of hope, and um, it's a great thing to bring along for for anyone. And it is R16 though, so you won't want to bring any kids or people who are, yeah under that. But um, yeah, Hagar Hagar is part of we we run recovery in Afghanistan, Vietnam. Vietnam and Cambodia where um, we've helped, it's been running for 20 years we've helped a lot of women and children come through the program uh, we go from the time where we don't do the rescue side of things but everything from the rescue to where people are ready to go out and, and experience life again so we do job placement, education counselling, we provide necessary care for people in the worst kind of situations who have been come out of um, the worst kind of abuse. So it's a very or good organisation and um, we just really appreciate if you could come along and support us. Um, but if you feel like it's not, not for you and you just want to um, give or help out in some way, feel free. We'd love to have your support. Um, come and see me out there if you want to know a bit more about it. But um, Monday night... $20, 7.30pm at Lido. So it'd be great to see you there. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Leanne. And that's a great opportunity to get a bit of awareness about stuff that's going on in our world, stuff that we may here in New Zealand not really see or even think about. It's a great opportunity to check that out. A couple of things uh, for your information. Up on the screen, we've got a missionary response cut. Um, and this is just what Peter and Wild, Grant and Vicky and Kay have sent back uh, in regards to the cards that we sent over, the um, postcards we sent. So they were super appreciative of them and they loved them. It's uh, super encouraging for them. And next weekend, Ian Green will be here at Activate. Ian Green, is, uh, he spoke a, a number of years ago um, and he's incredible. He's going to challenge your thinking around church and what it means to uh, be involved in church. But oh, I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. He's going to be here all day next week all day on Sunday. So make sure you're here. It's going to be an awesome time. Cool? Just give me a wave if you're alive. Okay, I'm, I'm concerned about some over here who are not alive. But I'll oh, shout out to Jesse Duckett. You're the man. What a guy. Cool. Hey, band. Why don't you lead us in worship? Go for it. Come on, church, let's stand.
Hey Church, we we're going to go straight into the first song, but I don't know, there's something that God's put on my heart, and have you stopped to think lately just how much God loves you? Because just before, I was just, you know, just kind of, God just kind of came over me and filled my heart and just kind of just started to, you know, breathe onto me some of how much He loves us, how much He loves each and one of you guys. I'm so like, it's so such a blessing to lead you people, you, you sons and daughters of Christ, you people who God has, you know, He died on the cross for you, you know, to, to lead you guys in worship. What an honor. What an honor it is to come into this, to this the sanctuary, you know, this, we can call it a building, but we can also call it a temple to come and worship God. You know, how awesome is that? He just loves us so much. There's so much love. I don't know how your week's been going. Maybe this is for you. Maybe that's why God's put this on my heart. He just wants you to know that He loves you. He loves you so much. So much. He's a Father. And He would go anywhere for you. He would chase after you, you know. It's not this passive thing, but God's love is ferocious, you know. It'll come. It'll, it'll take you out of the deepest darkness and it'll bring you into just the most beautiful place. That is our God. Our God loves you. Our God loves us. He loves us. We're our sons and His daughters. And that means that He would never leave us nor forsake us. That means that He would never, he would never run away, that when things get hard, that if we say something wrong, that He's not going to get offended and leave. He's going to stay with us. So I don't know where you are tonight, but know this, that God is right with you, that He's right where you are and He wants to be with you. He wants to know you more and He loves you. He loves you so, so much. Freedom 
Amen, church.
of yourself. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the is broken through you, Jesus. Yeah. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is Called my name. 
I want to hear you screaming. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Yes, I am a child of God. Come on, sing it again. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Yes, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Yes, I am a child of God. Church, I really get a sense that God wants to encourage us tonight to I get I get the picture of us getting up off the edge of our seat and actually standing and with, a, with an authority 
um, I, I get the picture of us going like that with an authority, but actually we're speaking over ourselves. I get the sense that He wants to, um, us to prophesy over ourselves. And some people have come under maybe words that um, have been spoken over you or whatever has come at you, but God wants you to prophesy to yourself. Get up off your seat and prophesy to yourself. Prophesy the truth over yourself. Speak as though it were, it already were. Speak as though it already were, the word, the word says. Speak it over your life. Speak, declare the truth. See it done. Prophesy over your life. Do not come under what God has not put there. Prophesy over your life. I'm no longer a slave to fear Yes, I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear Yes, I am a child of God Cause you you split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued me and I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. I am. I am. A child of God, yes I am, yes I am, a child of God. Ooh. Let's just begin to declare things. Lord, I am your child. Just declare over yourself those things that Jam was saying, you know. That I am a child. Lord of heaven is my inheritance. And I get joy because you heal, Lord. We get peace, Lord. That is my inheritance. Lord, we declare peace, we declare joy, we declare happiness. Your love over us, Lord. my prayer is that you'll touch every person. My prayer is that every person would be open, every person would hold their heart, their mind, their spirit open before you tonight and that we would engage with you. 
that we would encounter you, that we would allow you to put your hand on our lives, that we would allow you to stir us a little, challenge some of our perceptions, that we'll journey with you, that you'll take us from glory to glory to glory to glory for your purposes. Jesus, we love you and it is so good to journey with you. It is so good to walk with you. Thank you for the opportunity. We love you, Lord. Love you, Lord. Thank you, God. Why don't you give a couple of people a high five? Tell them that they're amazing. That Jesus loves them. That he has gone out of their way for them. Paid an incredible price for them. Great. Well, it's good to see you. It's good to be seen. Well, I've entitled this message tonight, Forsaking All Others. Forsaking All Others. Genesis 2 says this. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now, that's a verse that you would often use at a wedding, which we're not tonight. But it's a verse that you'd often use at a wedding. But something happens here, and I I want you to see. I'll read it again, Genesis 2.24. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one. Can you imagine what it would be like in a wedding if the bride and the groom... That's right, Peter and Melina, congratulations. You guys had a fight, you're like... You've only been engaged a week and you're like, it's awesome. You imagine if you're at a wedding and and the bride and groom, they get married, or you are the bride and the groom, and you get married, and then at the end of the ceremony, when it's time to go, you grab your parents and you grab your in-laws and you grab them all together and you go, woohoo, we're off on our honeymoon together. That's not a good look, is it? No, that would be a that wouldn't be a honeymoon. That it's just not a good look. But I like what it, here, it says here. It says when a man leaves his wife, I mean his no he doesn't. When a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. So he leaves his father and his mother and he's joined to his wife. In other words, the picture here is that we need to leave something to step into something greater. You get it? You need to leave something, often in order to step into something greater. Now, if you go to Matthew chapter 4, and verse 18, it says this, One day as Jesus was walking alongside the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. 
Jesus called them out. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once, and they followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind them. There's something about stepping into the call of God. You cannot just go, God, okay, I accept that you've, you've called me. The call of God, we talk about the call of God quite often. The, the call of God is essentially an invitation to participate with him. And he is a different way of, of uh, inviting or using each of us in that regard. But the call of God is about participation with him. And we accept the call of God or we don't accept the call of God. But it's really good when you look at the disciples there. They accepted the call of God and at once they left and they went with him. Something changed. You see, I hear people all the time talking about the call of God and God's called me for this and God's called me for that. And, and, but nothing changes. Nothing changes in their world. Nothing changes in their life. Five years later, they're just the same as they were five years before and nothing's happened in the world. But when God calls us, something's got to change. When Jesus called the disciples, they left the boat. They left and they followed him. When you go through the Bible, it's quite a common theme. God told Abraham to go and Abraham went. God told Moses to go. And Moses went. God asked Esther to put it on the line, put everything on the line for him. And she did. God asked Deborah to stand up and take lead of a nation and make a difference. And she did. God asked David to leave behind being a shepherd and become a king. And he did. God asked the, Jesus asked the disciples to follow him, and they did. God arrested Saul in his tracks and said, now I've got a new mission for you. You're going to take the gospel to the world. And he turned and he went. I wonder what our response is to the call of God. As you know, I've been overseas and just got back from uh, part of the trip was in, in Wales just for a day. And we we're looking at some of the history of the Welsh revival. And one of the things that impressed me most when I was there, when I was learning about that, was that so many people that were called by God just went. God touched their lives and said, I want you to go and change the world. Go to the other side of the planet, go to Africa, go to wherever it was, and they just went. But their lives were never the same again. They put up a list one day on the wall and it had a lot of the pioneering peoples in our movement that went out around the world, and some of the names I knew because they, they, have, they came to New Zealand. Now, I never knew him myself, but I know that um, in the, I think, the 50s, um, Doc Greenway was the pastor of this church, and he came out from Wales. Why? Because they sent him. They said, go. God said, come on, I can use you, and he went. Um, Billy Pearson is another well-known name in our movement was in Wales, and God said, go, and he went. Left behind and walked into what God had for him. The, the list of names really impressed me, and maybe the list of names that moved me even more was the list of people that went out because God called them, but they never came home. They went to countries and they died 
or they were killed or they, whatever. They never came home. They all perished, pursuing the call of God on their life. Very, very moving. The call of God, an invitation to participate with Him, requires a response. But it requires more than a response. It requires an action. It's really easy to sit there and go, yeah, I think God's calling me to something. Or someone goes, you know, if you're really sensing the call of God on your life, why don't you lift your hand or why don't you stand up? Yeah, I sense the call of God. I sense the call of God every day, but I've learned that if I do nothing, nothing happens. I've got to respond to the call of God. Luke 14 says this. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast, and he sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another one said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen. In today's world, I've just bought some new cars. And I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. The servant returned and told, that's where the ball and chain thing came from. Not really. Marriage is a great thing. To get my way out quickly. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servants had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. So the master said, Go out into the country lanes behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of the banquet. When I read there, what I'm looking at is the invitation and the lack of response. What I read when I read that is, yeah, God, you can use me. Use me for anything. Whatever you like. Yeah, I've got my hand up. And that's as far as it ever goes. We just leave it at that. And then in five years' time, God, you can use me for anything. I'm yours. Ten years' time, God, you can use me for anything. I'm yours. And still nothing happens because we're sitting waiting for some magical uh, uh, something to happen to lift us into the air and make something happen. Where you and I both know that if we get an invite to a party, we only get to that party if we take ourselves there. We only enjoy that party if we go and we are part of it because we're present and we're fully attentive and we're there and we've responded not only with a a, a mental assent but with action. Losing my... And tonight, that's really what I feel God wants to talk to us about. You see, we've talked on many occasions about the call of God and on... Numbers of occasions I've asked people, you know, why don't you respond if you really sense the call on your life? If you, because we've all got a call of God on our lives. It's just what that looks like. And we've said, uh, respond if you can really sense that God's calling you into something, that he, he's got his hand on you, which is good. 
But tonight, I really sense him stirring us about what are you doing about it? What action are we taking to step into the things that God's got for us? What action are we taking to, to, tonight to step into the things that God's showing us or the things he's stirring us in our spirits? What are we doing about it? Because things don't just magically happen. Do something about it. I can remember that um, years ago, <clears throat> it was prophesied over Jan and I that, that God really um, was calling us into what we're doing now, pastoral ministry, leading church. The thing was, I had a witness in my spirit that that was right. I hadn't said anything to We were just married. And I hadn't said anything to, her be, to Jan before we were married. Probably should have. But I had that sense down deep, which I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even really admit it to myself, but I kind of knew. And actually, when the, the, the guy prophesied over us, I think Jan said publicly, he's got the wrong wife. And she was reassured that, no, I didn't. She was the right person. And that God had called her, had called us together, which is kind of handy since we just got married. That, that he called us together and, and we were going to walk together. But see, nothing at all would have happened if we'd done nothing with that. Now, I don't believe for a moment that you've got to push doors open, but I do believe that we've got to walk through the doors that God opens for us. And so we started to put our hands up. Oh, we need some help with cleaning the toilets at church. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Can we have someone to stand on the door at church and welcome people? Yeah, we can do that too. Uh, we need someone to uh, lead the music. Could you do that? Well, I can try. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, we need someone who could... Um, Oh, all sorts of things. I'm trying to think. Lead the children's church for a while. We need, we've got a gap there. We need someone who can do that. Jan did that for a while. But as we started to walk into those things, we suddenly realized, well, we probably should get some training if we're going to do this. And we felt God asking us to go to Bible college and get some training. Well, that, what that meant was that we had to give up our jobs. We had to move cities. And we had to go. We couldn't just sit there and go, oh, well, a Bible college could work. It'd be nice. Someone could give us an education, bring it to us. No, no, we actually had to do it. We had to go. And we had to go. And, and we had to do it. And we had to pay for it. We had to pay a lot of money for it. It took us a long time to pay it off. But we, we did it because we sensed that God was saying, can you do this? And our response was, yes, we can. And here's the action to prove it. And started to walk into it. After Bible college, we came home and and got jo jobs, and we both got good jobs, and um, to pay off our student loan debt as quickly as we possibly could. And then, and then we were asked to do different things. I think I was leading the music again. At one stage, it's ridiculous when I think of it now, at one stage, I was the music director at church, I was the youth pastor at church, I was, um, uh, I was the business manager at the Bible College, doing some lecturing at the Bible College, I was an elder at church, I had a brand new business, and we had Luke arrive. And people tell me they're too busy, and I go, yeah, sure. You can't do that forever, but you do what you've got to do because God leads you there and he builds your capacity as you go. And so we're giving ourselves to these things, to building the church, because we felt that's what God was asking us to do with no thought of the future, really. And then all of a sudden, one day, he just opened the door and said, right, I want you to lead the church. Amazing. It's not quite that short or that easy, but that's what he did. And we step into that. 
just getting comfortable, really, getting our, our groove, leading the church for six years and, and, and starting to, to really see what God could do and where he wants to take us and where he wants to take the church and what he could do in the life of the church. And he goes, hey, um, I'd like you to pack up and move to the other end of the country. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about. And off you go. It's one thing to be called, but it's something else to respond. It's something completely different to respond. And I wonder how many of us in this room tonight have sensed or have heard or prophesied over even us the, the call of God for our lives. And for you, it might be to be an awesome accountant. Take the kingdom into that world. It may be to be a lawyer. Take the kingdom of God into that world. It may be to be a mechanic. Take the kingdom of God into that world. It could be a teacher. It could be a doctor. It could be a nurse. It could be a dentist. It could be a plumber. It could be a builder. It could be a musician. I don't know what it is. The call of God on your life will be unique for you, but the call of God still requires wherever we are to take some action and to step into it or nothing happens. And I've got to, I have a sense that the Church of New Zealand... Church of Hamilton, we're kind of sitting here going, well, God, sounds like a good idea to me. Make it happen. Yep. When you make it happen, I'll say yes. When you make it happen, I'll, I'll be in there. And God's going, I've sent you the invite. You're going to do it or are you not? Because if you're not, I'm about to go out on the street and find some people who will. Whoever will say yes. And he'll end up bypassing us. He'll end up bypassing you. He'll end up bypassing me. And I don't think any of us want that. I think all of us want to be used by God in a spectacular way. I can think of no more spectacular way than carrying the kingdom of God into my workplace into my school, into my university, wherever I am, and seeing God move powerfully through my life to touch an industry or to touch a culture, whatever it is. I don't know what it is for you. But wouldn't it be awesome if you closed your eyes and you dreamed the dream of God moving powerfully through you where he's asked you to be, outworking the call of God on your life? What are you actively doing to step into God's call, God's purpose, God's invitation on your life? I used to sell insurance. I used to have an insurance agency. Hated it. Didn't have it very long. Don't like doing cold calls. Uh, but, but the classic line was, when you're trying to sell someone life insurance, is if they're young, you know, they would say, oh, I can't afford it now, I'm young. And you'd go, yeah, I, I understand that. I'm young, I've got no money. And they'd go, but in 10 years' time, I'll, I'll be right then. But in 10 years' time, we used to spell this out, you know, it's the sales line if you're talking to, a, to an insurance person, you know what they're doing. Um, but they're right, that's the thing. You know, I don't need it now, I'm young, and I can't afford it. In 10 years' time, I'll buy it. But in 10 years' time, 
chances are you may be married and have little kids or something else, I don't know, but the, the environment might be quite right. Well, I can't afford it now because money's tight and I, I'm not quite sure, sure, but hey, in 10 years' time when the kids are a little bit older, I'll be, but now I haven't got time or the money because the kids are starting to play sport and everything else and I'm so busy and, and they need shoes and they need sports gear and sports equipment, I can't afford to, to pay for the life insurance. Now, in another 10 years, I'll do it. I'm at that other 10 years right now. It's expensive. You want to see my covers, how much our, food, our kids eat. Um, well, they're not kids, are they? They're men. You want to see how much they, they, they eat? It's unbelievable. And you go, so I can't afford to do it now because all I'm doing with every spare cent is filling the pantry, filling the pantry, filling the pantry. In another 10 years' time, I'll look at it. Another 10 years' time, you're going, oh, now I've got no money for retirement, and it's here. And people do exactly the same thing with the call of God. Oh, I can't do it now. I'm too young. No, God, I couldn't do that. I'm too young. He's going, no, but I've asked you to. No, I couldn't do that when I'm too young. I'll do it in 10 years' time. Oh, no, God, I can't do that now because I've got little kids and a marriage and a family and all this stuff and that won't work. Oh, no, God, I can't do it now because I'm busy and the kids need all this and that and the other thing. Oh, God, I can't. Next thing you're dead. Never did it. You're dead. Never did it. Never did anything. So it's completely different, the call of God to responding to the call of God. When Luke was, I asked him if I could tell the story because I'm good like that. When, when Luke was um, about five years old, he informs me, he was at a birthday party. And part of the birthday party was they went to the swimming pools. And all the kids um, were jumping into the diving pool, you know, off the, the diving board. So everyone's diving in and having a great time, so Luke thinks, well, I'll dive in too. Now, the fact that he couldn't swim and didn't know that it was 14 feet deep, didn't stop him, he just jumped up there and dived in, as you do, and went down. Never came up, just went down. But at least he jumped. <laughs> You're true. At least he jumped. Where so many of us stand on the edge like this and do nothing, and how many of you know, have you ever jumped off a cliff? Into water, preferably. How many, how many of you have ever stood on the cliff? The longer you stay, I went bungee jumping a couple of years ago. And I said to Jan, Jan said, I'm going to take a photo. I said, if you're going to take a photo, the second I'm there, you take it because I'm not waiting. The second I'm there, I'm gone. Because how many of you know, if you hesitate and do nothing, you won't do anything? You've been up on the diving board or whatever. Where you go. Turn around and go back. I oh, know. Just go. Just do it. Now, the good news of the story was there was an, an, one of the kids' fathers there, luckily, who dived in and rescued Luke. That was nice of him. I, I'm quite pleased. It's a good outcome. And it is a good outcome. I'll stop there. It's a good outcome. And, and, but, but it's like that with Jesus, too. You know, he respects us for jumping. Now, try and apply a little bit of wisdom, please. You know, maybe he should have gone, hey, I can't swim. And B, that looks really deep. So apply a little bit of wisdom. But I think God respects the fact that we jump. And if we get into difficulty, he's more than capable of pulling us up and pulling us out and I sense, and my journey to date proves, because I can't list the number of failures I've had, 
is that whenever I jump, even if it turns pear-shaped, I still feel the commendation on my back of God saying, good on you for having a go. You introduced me to one person you know who has achieved anything great in any area of life and has never failed. You won't find the person. Because the more we're prepared to step out and the more we're prepared to say yes and the more prepared to actually respond to the invitation, the more likely we are to fail somewhere, having a crack at something. We'll come up short. It won't look like we thought it did. Our dreams will be dashed and our hopes will be shattered because it just didn't look like it is. But Jesus just picks us up and says, good on you. Did you do what I asked you to do? Yes, fantastic. Go again. Go again. There's a massive difference between hearing the call of God and responding. And tonight I really sense that God wants to stir our hearts about responding. What have you heard? And what have you said yes to? Let me read this one more time. If the band comes, it would be great. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me. There's the call. There's the invitation. And they left their nets at once, and they followed him. They left their nets at once, and they followed him. You know, the whole, the whole journey with God is about responding. When we realize who he is, when we allow him to work on our hearts, and we realize that we've come up short and we need relationship with Jesus to position us with God again for relationship. When we realize that Jesus is the only way that we're called to walk with him, that it's actually him that makes all the difference. We've got to respond to that. We've got to receive Jesus into our life. We've got to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We've got to make him the boss. We've got to pursue him. We've got to walk with him day in and day out as our journey unfolds. See, we respond to him. We just go, oh, have you been saved? Yeah, well, that that means is have you responded to God? Are you continuing to respond to God? journey with God. That's what that means. Maybe tonight some of us here need to respond by inviting God into our lives. Maybe tonight some of us need to say, okay, Jesus, I want to start the journey with you. I want to walk with you. I know you've invited every one of us to walk with you, and tonight I'm saying yes, and I'm going to do something about it. Maybe tonight, for whatever reason, you've You've stepped back from God, and tonight He's just stirring your heart, and you're going, yeah, I need to step back up. I need to step back up, and I'm going to walk again. I'm going to walk again. And if that's you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond in just a moment. But outside of that, which is the most important thing, I want to ask you the question, what or how are you responding to God? Where's your life heading? Have you heard 
the call of God for your life? Have you heard the invitation to participate with Him? And what are you doing with it? I thought it was sad when we were at the conference in the UK because they do things quite different than we do there. But at times, the atmosphere was quite powerful. And I turned around and I looked across the auditorium at the congregation and probably 95% of people were just sitting there like this. Yet God was doing something powerful. And any person with an ounce of desire to engage with God would have been on their feet. Because God was doing something powerful. And I see a similar thing in the Spirit tonight. That we've got the choice just to sit there and go, oh well. Yep. Yep. That was church. Maybe next week. Or to really get on our feet and on the front go and go, God, I'm going to engage with you. I accept your invitation and I'm going to turn up at the banquet. God, I hear the invitation and I'm going to respond. I'm going to take some steps into that area that you've called me into. I'm going to take some steps of faith toward that and see what you open up. I might not have the resource. I might not have the education or anything else, but I'm going to start to step toward it and see what you can open up in my world. I'm just, I'm just going to go on the journey with you and see what you, what you can do and where you're going, where you're taking me. And tonight, I actually think it's a pivotal, pivotal point for some people that, you know, it's time for this to finish. And I'm not talking physically, okay? Don't. I'm talking in, in your spirit. It's time for this to finish. It's almost like, well, impress me, God. It's time for that to finish. It's time to get up, get on the front foot and go, okay, here we go. Here we go. Can you bow your heads just for a moment, please? If you've never made a decision to walk with Jesus, your best life is walking with Him, in relationship with Him. We talk about sin. That means anything that misses the mark. God's a perfect God and He made things in such a way that unless we're perfect, we can't relate. We can't actually be in relationship with Him. Jesus Christ fixed all that for us on the cross, required a, a payment to make things right so that we could be in relationship with God. Jesus did that. And the Bible tells us that the only way we can come to relationship with the Father is through Jesus Christ. In other words, we choose to make Jesus our Lord and our Savior. We choose to live life in relationship with Him. And tonight, if you'd like to receive Jesus into your life, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. You're not responding to me. You're responding to God. And for maybe for whatever reason, you've stepped right back. But tonight you're going, man, I've got to get off. I've got to get on the front foot here. I've got to get going and I've got to get close with Jesus. Why don't you make a fresh start tonight? He's a God of fresh starts. Just as well, I say. Otherwise, we'd all be in trouble.
If you want to say yes, Jesus, to either of those things, why don't you lift your hand to show me right now? Just let me see. Thanks, man. See your hand. That's awesome. Seen one person lift their hand so far. Is there anyone else tonight saying yes to Jesus for the first time? Or I'm going to step back into a relationship with you, Jesus. Let's go again. Let's make sure I see your hand. Bible tells me when one person gets their life right with Christ, the angels are celebrating. In other words, heaven's having a party. Why don't you jump up to your feet for a minute and give the person who responded the biggest hand. Great. Fantastic. I'm done and I want to pray, but no, but I want to pray. But the invitation of God is to respond to Him, not just to hear the call, it is to respond to Him. Tonight, I really don't feel to call you down the front to pray for you or anything else, but I would like to encourage you to respond to Him. We'll sing a song. And I'd like to encourage you to respond to him as we sing the song. Whatever way you want to do, up to you. No one's going to write the rule book for you. You respond to him as you see fit. God's call is on every one of our lives. It's an invitation to participate. He's wired and gifted us all uniquely. So it'll look different for all of us. It's not what the call looks like. It's what your response looks like that matters. Father, I lift every person to you tonight and I ask for soft hearts. Lord, that we would open our hearts before you and that our answer would be yes to your your call and then our lives would be a big yes in response. So Father, I release courage tonight to be honest before you. I release faith tonight to take steps that haven't been taken to this point. Father, I release a sense of destiny in this place tonight and that you would encourage and stir people into everything that you have for them, for your glory in Jesus' name. Father, let us not just talk the talk, but walk the walk for your glory and for kingdom's sake, I pray. In Jesus' name, let your blessing rest on your church. Amen.
but I'm just going to close the gathering. Can we just give Pastor Sharon a hand for their message? Come on, that was awesome. 